What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chimps. what's up ben what's up how's it going guys how is it thank you for uh, reaching out to us absolutely my pleasure thanks for having me on so do the thing man tell us all about you give us some ammo so we can have a beautiful and and a very deep (laughs) heartfelt conversation (laughs) absolutely um so yeah so my project is called connect and evolve and uh uh, the website's connectandevolve.com, connect and evolve on Instagram, all social platforms. And uh, what we do is we host um, a lot of transformational retreats um, that are now reliably through a, um, a certain process, um, a, a sequence, um, is providing a lot of uh, powerful transformation, spiritual expansion, uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of expansion in the consciousness and in the heart, uh, and providing people with the ability to uh, just really live their highest excitement and tap yes. into their to their purpose and uh, you know experience a much more beneficial way of life. Um, other than that, uh, I'm a musician and filmmaker. Sweet. Uh, we do a lot of sound healing uh, as well as you know more traditional music. Grew up in funk bands playing the uh, piano um, and then making films. I just made a documentary in late 2019 called Spirit of the Earth: Sadhus of India. Nice. And so able to check out uh, northeastern India, hanging out with the Babas and the monks up there and uh, filming them, getting some of their wisdom. I think uh, other than that, uh, that actually. I, I guess uh, my repertoire, I guess you'd say, is um, uh, I'm a breathwork facilitator. That's kind of what I'm known for. Also a, a psychedelic therapist, entheogenic therapist, nice. um, as well as a sound healer, uh, a meditation guide, hypnotherapist. Um, uh, as well as a 200-hour yoga teacher. And so our intention behind Connect and Evolve is um, combining uh, all of these modalities together, uh, whether it be um, you know the modalities I just spoke of or my team, the modalities they provide with Qigong, neuro-linguistic programming, um, combining it all together with entheogenic ceremonies and, and therapy to create the most powerful, efficient, and reliable transformative experience uh, possible. And that's what we're all about is just efficiency, waking up the planet as much as possible, and uh, helping others to experience a higher quality of life. It's an awesome mission. I love it. I'm a little speechless. That's all the hype. You want to go first? What are we doing here? There's a lot to unpack there. I love the... Yeah, I don't know. The breath work is awesome. Uh, what like so when someone goes to one of these retreats, what's it like? They they sign up and is it is it a day? Is it a weekend? Is it a like a week? Yes. So often, most often, we have a five to six day container. Okay. Um, and so the only thing that that individual has to take care of, the participant just has to travel to the retreat, and usually we do some carpooling. And um, once they land at Grace Grove, which is uh, our beautiful retreat center in Sedona, I'm, I'm here in Sedona, Sweet. live here. Um, once they land, they get to Grace Grove. It's uh, they just unpack their bags, and from there they're on the ride. You know, they're on the journey. Nice. Um, we provide them with a lot of really high vibrational food uh that's plant-based dairy-free gluten-free uh the nature there is impeccable it's right on oak creek um the vibe is extraordinarily high the frequency is very high so right when they touch down it's already it's like you're just dropping into a pool of of just awesomeness you know really high vibrational energy um and a lot of people coming there are coming with uh you know a lot of things to unpack a lot of things to heal whether it's trauma from their past or uh, a detrimental relationship or detrimental habits that they have in their life, behavior patterns. Yeah. And uh, whenever we get there, we we do a lot of unpacking. You know, the first thing that we do is we drop into the space, make sure that everybody feels really safe, um, safe to become vulnerable and safe to express themselves. Uh, and we make sure that everybody feels really accepted and met exactly where they are. Um, and from there, you know, we dive into uh, multiple modalities, like I was saying earlier, um, breath work, 
uh, let me back up just a little bit. The the premise and kind of the sequence that we work with um, in the retreats is a three step process of releasing and reconditioning. And so any conditioning that we've experienced, any pro programming, any trauma that we've had from our past, any expectations that we're trying to meet with others um, oftentimes are not serving us. And so we're not really living as an autonomous human being, as a sovereign human being. We're living for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And there is a way to do that in a healthy way, to be in service. Um, but oftentimes people are subjected to their previous experiences, their traumas, their environment that's demanding a lot from them. Mm. And so completely cutting that cord and releasing that entirely uh, is step one. And you could do that through, uh, you know, uh, entheogenic therapy. You could do that through um, sonic neural breath work, which is the breath work that we use to release trauma. You could do that through neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, or you could put them all together and uh, do it very reliably. Oh, yeah. Just um, nuke them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. Boom. <laughs> uh, in the best way. Uh, yeah, and the second step is um, activation. So as soon as um, you know you release anything and everything that's no longer serving you, that's that is actual physiologically detectable um, in the body. We carry this trauma, this this memory, this information in both the subconscious mind as well as the body and our nervous system and our fascia. Uh, mm -hmm. It's there. It's kind of stuck, you know, and and you can live your entire life with this being there and stuck. And all of your behavior, all of your thought processes, all of your emotions, uh, they run through this information. And so that's why it's so important to clean, clear, and release. Um, and then once that's done and you have a clear, clear mind, clear heart, clear consciousness, and you have that space that's been created, I, I uh, compare it to emptying the cup, right? We're always mm. just having this cup that's overflowing with all this information constantly. In the Western world, we're taught to just put more in our cup. Yeah, yeah. We want to empty the cup so that we can create the space to then discover what truly resonates with us and what our purpose truly is, what we truly desire, what we truly need in our life, what's going to serve us the most. And from there, we activate that and we nourish uh, we nourish that. And so we stoke the flame of purpose is what yes. I like to call it. Um, and so you could do that through many different uh, modalities. Um, again, Plant medicine is a great way to do it. Um, also, just nature immersion, uh, creating music together, singing songs, mm. um, heart opening activities, connection exercises, journaling, becoming just really intentional in what you are choosing to create in your life. And the verbiage, the words, the somatics are really important here. Uh, what we're choosing to create, not what we're wanting to create. Because if you tell the universe you want something, it's going to be like, sure, man, you want it. <laughs> what next? You know? Mm. But when you're choosing to create it, uh, it, it creates that intention that automatically becomes a magnet for your new reality. Um, so releasing, activating, nurturing and nourishing that that inner flame, the purpose, and then integrating. So nice. uh, anchoring in the frequency of everything that's been newly discovered at this retreat or this experience and anchoring the uh, anchoring in the frequency of the retreat and experience in and of itself. So you come into a, a space um, that's very high vibrational. You're able to do a lot of clearing, a lot of cleansing, a lot of discovering. You're able to really uh, engage and activate, you know, wow, this is me. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to express me. I'm so excited to confidently go out and share my gifts with the world. Um, and this is what's going to change the world. This is our belief system. Um, and you take that and you really just drive it in through integration and through a protocols that these individuals, the participants can use uh, whenever they leave the retreat. Going forward, you have all of the necessary tools right there at your disposal. Everything that you did at the retreat, you have links to online so you can access it. Um, you have constant support. You have a new tribe, a new family that you've built, and you have, uh, you have constant uh, contact with any of the facilitators uh, as needed. And so that's our that's how the retreats roll, and and that's what we're we're building and refining and sharpening, and mm. and it's going great so far. Nice. Sounds rigorous. Yeah. It sounds really like yeah, intensive and and like uh, I don't. All these military terms come to mind. Like it sounds just so organized <laughs> in a good way. I I mean it in the best way. Like it, it's like the yeah. There's just this focus and this intensity, and I mean I. I 
I don't mean to I, like I, I just have this thought that comes to mind as you're talking like you're uh you're you're moving a lot of this along like you're you're hands-on like you're you're there and you're you're creating a lot of these uh events like uh, the music and the, the 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 breath work like are you guiding a lot of this yourself yeah the majority of it okay so i, I have a great team I have i'm an sure amazing yeah. team with me so they you know they both support the entire group and the con entire container and this is something that's really important it is strategic um in our approach right you want the individual and, and this is this is, comes with wanting right and it's a human nature to want but the intention is for the individual the participant to feel complete whenever they leave mm. to not only feel complete but to feel like they have everything that's necessary for them to hold the frequency that very high frequency whenever they leave the retreat and it sounds intense and rigorous and it is transformation is never a uh, like a super mellow process mm. right it's oftentimes there's a lot that that happens a lot that comes up, a lot that's cleared, um, but it's it's the container is completely embodied in just love, flow, mm. relaxed, you know, state of being, neutrality, and support and comfort, and so that has to be there in order for the individual to feel safe enough and to feel comfortable enough to go through this transformational process. It's not like, all right, everybody, 50 breaths, let's go. You know, now we're going to the river to cold plunge. Yeah. All right, out of the river. Now here's some ayahuasca, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's strategic, you know, and, and yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's intentional, you know, to nice. really, and like I said, our intention is to, you know, help wake up the planet. And, you know, people can say this and, and talk about this all they want, but, you know, what we're doing is really refining a process that actually, does that on a uh, on a on a right now a small scale eventually a large scale with the production of this process uh, and sharing it with the world I'm just wondering how did you formulate the system that that's going in these kind of step processes was this something that you've kind of went through yourself and then you've just kind of developed the system or you were taught it through teachers and just experience and all these because I know when I go to a breathwork ceremonies or ayahuasca ceremonies there is a structure that kind of kind of formed itself but then there's like an organization mm -hmm. to it i'm just wondering if that was the same stages for you that it kind of evolved um, yes. this way yes so through my work uh and we can get into my story here mm -hmm. shortly but um through my work with i originally began working with bufo alvarius yeah. and working with that medicine um, with a mentor up in new york uh traveled down through mexico south america Central America serving that medicine. So there was medicine. a lot of really, really, really deep introspective uh, work. A lot of really, you know, anything can happen in that space. There was a lot of downloads, a lot of miracles, right, that took place. Um, and then from there, I saw a big gap in that culture. And so I went to Asia for a year to study these other modalities, breath work, sound, healing, meditation. Um, I was blessed enough to be able to do that. And uh, whenever I came back in, in 2020, uh, in March, I got booted out of Bali. I was I came back a few months early. Um, I started to put together this this you know this integral holistic approach to uh, spiritual enlightenment, right? Spiritual mm -hmm. awakening, and we could break that down a little bit as well because enlightenment's kind of a hot word. People are like oh enlightenment, you know? Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> you think right of now. yogis and babas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's enlightened uh, right now. It, everyone's enlightened now. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the new earth. <laughs> um, so. You know, I started to put together that process and, and as COVID is full blast, right? When I come back, um, we hosted 10 retreats in eight months. And so just went straight to it, got straight into the uh, nose to the grindstone. And it's been a, an incredible discovery of realizing that I'm actually not in control of anything. I can create an outline. I can create a system. I can, you know, facilitate modalities as much at, to the best of my ability. But ultimately, spirit and the universe and the evolution of the macrocosm is going to unfold as it needs to for the individuals that it needs to unfold for. Hmm. Um, and so balancing surrender and will and effort, um, I have discovered that this three-step process is, the, is a quantifiable um, – process that you can actually conceptualize and you can you can bring it to your mind oh it's just three steps 
releasing, forgetting, reconditioning, completely dissolving of the ego uh, to realize and understand what the ego is, to have this rebirthing experience that's written about in, written about in all these spiritual texts, um, the Bible, Upanishads, etc., um, and then activating, you know, the true self. Once we discover the true self, that's great. How do we nourish the true self? How do we stoke the flame? Mm-hmm. And then integration is a huge part of any uh, entheogenic therapy. It's a huge part of any uh, difficult process. And so the integration is a huge part as well. And so me discovering that and like discovering each one of these categories, each one of these uh, steps in the process uh, allowed me to kind of be like, okay, now we can put this together and really try to refine a process that, that allows for this to take place. Nice. It's, it's pure experience. So combination. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's it's like, like your cup yeah. analogy, you know, like it's, it's really beautiful. Like you empty the cup, then you fill it back in with something that's more genuine to the self or whatever. And then you kind of put a lid on it. Like if you want to put integration in that sense and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really oversimplifying yes. it, you know, <laughs> but it is in a way kind of, it's not simplistic at all. There's so much work and information and knowledge and experience and, and, and your own personal journey that we would love to touch on as well. But like you, in the end, there is something kind of simple and like, uh, deeply understood by the individual you know there's something kind of instinctual about it there's something wrong there's something not working let's clear that out let's make space for the new thing and the new thing's actually Mm -hmm. the old thing or the original thing or the true thing or whatever you want to call it and then it's like okay Mm -hmm. how do we keep this energy going you know like you guys have to go home (laughs) eventually so how do you kind of mm-hmm. capture it or, or maintain it or, or whatever? But yeah, but that's that's why I love that you're stressing how important integration is. is because that is like uh, in a lot of communities, a lot of places where you do these these medicines and, and these kind of uh, uh, groundbreaking stuff like breath work, the integration's not there. And then you're going back to your environment that caused that pain and that, mm. and that discomfort. The and, wolves, and, like and then you have, yeah, and you have no idea how to navigate through it. That, I think that's happened to both of us a few times. And it's not that there exactly. was anything wrong with the integration. I, I just don't think we understood how important it was. Mm. And in, integration yeah. is everything, right? You can have yeah. an incredible Vipassana retreat and then you you understand the whole nature of the universe and you feel enlightened and then you come back home and then there's just chaos and then a week later, you're right mm-hmm. back at the same problems. So yeah, it's very good to see that the integration is being worked on so well in your in your in your eyes. It's good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an extremely important part of the process. And like you said, whenever you leave the experience, where you know the whole universe unfolds, and, and you experience this just unexplainable love and uh, compassion, and you go back to an environment where people are experiencing a completely different vibration. They just got home from work, and they're not even close to being on your vibe. You know, making sure that you are able to communicate to those individuals that, hey, I'm going to need to take some space for myself Mm. because I just had this experience. It's extremely important and I need you to understand that. And if they can't understand that, then it's time to rethink your relationships. Because if you're in a position to where you're at a level of consciousness to where you are reflecting in your environment, uh, you know, some uh, an experience that's not conducive. Right. And our level of consciousness is, is everything and it reflects in our environment. And so if I have a level of consciousness that's in a state of fear, then I'm going to, uh, you know, manifest a partner who is also afraid mm-hmm. oftentimes. And so if you leave that level of consciousness and go back to that partner that's afraid, yeah. then it might be time to say, hey, you know, I have to go on this journey on my own. I love you. I appreciate you. I honor you. This is something I have to do for myself. And what most people don't realize is that a lot of people think that they're just throwing away their relationship forever. Their relationship is gone. And uh, that's really not the case. Whenever you go and take you know, time and space for yourself to grow and to evolve and to develop, then you can reintroduce yourself to that relationship as someone who can guide them into your now level of consciousness and, and benefit them, benefit the world. But often people get stuck. You know, I can't leave my husband. I can't leave my wife. We've been together for 15 years. We've got three kids. And this obviously makes things more challenging and uh, adds adds definitely more arenas of challenge yeah. to this whole process, right? Which we have clients that are in that experience and it makes it tough. Oh, for sure. Everyone mm-hmm. can resonate with that. Yeah. There's this short-term fear and this outcome mm-hmm. and, and you're not, I mean, like vis-a-vis the other example you gave, that's just this like, a self, like a self-love space and mm-hmm. practice and you're like 
no disrespect, but this is not conducive to what I'm trying to mm-hmm. do. And you, you maybe you can't say it or explain it to the other person, but this is this is going to be better for both of us. Really, mm-hmm. one way it's or hard the to other. Do, man. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking hard to do. For sure. We can all agree on that. Yeah, it's hard. You know, you know yeah. <laughs> but that's the work. But necessary. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the work. Yeah. You know, I have. Uh, I may know someone in this room. Maybe me, maybe not. That does serve uh, the five meo <laughs> every now and then to 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 people, and awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful medicine. And uh, someone mm-hmm. spoke to me saying that they they're willing, they want to do it, they want to experience it for the first time, but they're afraid that afterwards they're going to abandon their life that they know and just become a monk or something. And I told them, mm-hmm. or I told them, like everything that's going to change afterwards is that what you wanted it to ch- what you want to change and then everything you're fearing mm-hmm. is just the resistance but if you really don't like your job and everything and monk is your destination that's where you're going to go and there's nothing wrong with that but it's not going to be mm-hmm. smoke DMT and then all of a sudden you're enlightened go to the hills and become a, a monk but if you're not happy yeah. with your if you're not happy with that environment like you said that you've manifested that environment because of your state then the state the environment's mm-hmm. got to switch you know mm-hmm. yeah you basically exactly. raise out of it and that's that's a lot exactly. of fear for a lot of people is that that change that comes after the experience that holds them back from doing the experience. Exactly. And it's, you know, the ego doesn't like to be dissolved, man. The ego mm. does not like to die. It uh it in fact it dreads it and and avoids it at all costs. Uh no matter how uh high your level of consciousness is, your ego is constantly evolving with you. It's part of our human nature to have this this egoic complex that is our tool um, to keep us alive and to create, you know, productivity and to take action, et cetera. The ego never likes to die. And so people will, you know, make all the excuses that they possibly can to, to keep the ego alive. The ego will really uh, make all the excuses that it possibly can. And, you know, with the five meo DMT, what it really is, is amazing for that we've discovered is it's incredible for uh, releasing and cleansing and clearing the densities in the body, the trauma that's been experienced mm-hmm. in the past and any conditioning that we've been subjected to. Um, and so really ultimately what we're discovering after this experience, um, sometimes just in one time, sometimes in multiple sessions, is our true purpose. And so once we empty that cup, like you are saying, all that's left is the cup. Oh, fuck, I finally get to know the cup. I finally understand who the cup is. The cup is you. And so just discovering that, um, it, it's the most important thing, the most beneficial thing you could do for yourself and the planet. And, it's empowering, and right? So it, it gives you back the power, yeah. you know? And a lot yes. of people, that's the missing link to their progress in their life is forgetting that they have that power inside, you know? Yes, and, exactly. And then you, you know, you say power, uh, you know, David Hawkins, it's, his book, Power Versus Force, right? And, you know, the ego is all about force. It's all about you yes. know, imposing its will whenever the true power comes from surrendering to the self mm. and then, and then experiencing, experiencing your, your legend, your, your epic, you know, your hero's journey in a powerful way. It's the flow kind of power. It's tricky. You, you want, you have to yeah. go and, and it's a direction and it's, it's, it's granted, you know, but you, there's a, there's so much resistance and then you think mm-hmm. you, you want to be the master in a, in a weird way and kind of like overlook your life and you don't realize that you're intertwined with other people's lives and, and then you think, I don't want to be other people's master, but it's like, it's, you're playing a game now and the truth is you're going down a river mm-hmm. and the river is very powerful and if you start accepting that, you have this, you know, this push in life or this kind of pull or the, I don't know how to yeah. explain it sometimes, but it's, it's annoying. I, 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 like, like you said, the ego evolves with us, you know, every step you go, it, yeah. it kind of, it's like a ball and chain that kind of comes with you and you, you have this fun, mm. constant dance. And I've been talking mm-hmm. about acceptance a lot to my friends lately. And it's like, it's like a life hack, you know, like even when I can't accept, I accept that. So it's like this constant hat that I just put on everything that's happening. And my ego mm-hmm. goes, all right, you know, like <laughs> you win again, you jerk. You know, it's like it's this. Yeah, yeah. It's this biological imperative thing that just wants us to like it's for sex. It's for procreation. It's this thing that evolved for us to just be in competition and, and make the 
species well, better. Yeah. And it, it got us here, right? It brought us to this very moment. So it had its purpose. Yep. Yeah, I love the way you put yes. it. You know, it's with us always. It's not good or bad. It's just a thing that's part of us. It's something to be accepted mm-hmm. and to be utilized. It's us. It's what's listening yeah. to us right now. It's what's talking right now in a big way. It's who we are. Yeah. But but it's still the stuff in the cup in a sense. And maybe we are the cup or the space, you know, like it's you can play with that yeah. analogy and have that kind of deeper sense hopefully well it's it's uh yeah absolutely and you know i the ego is a very uh it's a it's a it's a discussion topic oftentimes with especially the medicine that we work with in 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 these ceremonial settings and in the retreat settings right because it's always there like you said and oftentimes we need a complete ego disillusion to really understand what the ego is and to really separate ourselves from it, mm. to dissolve it, so that we realize that, oh, that's not me. It's just a part of my human experience. And so once you do that, then you can build a new relationship with the ego. And mm. the relationship, the analogous relationship that I like to use is the ego is a child. And the ego is kind of the child that's always, you know, oh, watch out. Oh, don't do this. That might, you know, this might happen if you do that. Uh, or, oh, you know, you don't need to be here doing this right now. It's, it's all good. We don't need to be doing that. And, you know, children, they talk, 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 talk. And then you listen, you listen, you listen, you listen. Sometimes you got to ignore the kid until it shuts up. It's just how it is. And uh, I love kids. <laughs> but the, the, the yeah. ego is like a child in that way. You got to say sometimes, you know, hey, I love you. I hear you. I see you. Here's a lollipop. Kiss you on the forehead, puts you in the back seat. You know, daddy's driving the car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I think in a soft way, yeah, you're saying it's just a limiting thing. It's a limited thing. So we have to kind of put it in its place sometimes, right? Like it's it's exactly it only it serves a purpose. And if you want to live beyond that purpose, you can't ride the ego, or you can't let it ride you. Right. <laughs> and it's right. also you can't let it drive yeah. the car. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it does for so many of us at so many times. And that's why these kind of yeah. medicines and these retreats and these ceremonies and breath works and all this mm-hmm. work is a lifelong process because that ego will slip in the in the, in the the front seat. If your eyes start closing, <laughs> you know, you're cruising, getting a little bit tired, the ego can go right back in. Yeah, big time. And it's important, yeah. like you, you mentioned, it's such a strong point is you have to approach the ego with love. You know, you can't hit yeah. the ego with more ego and more force and hate it because that's going to create this inner dialogue that becomes very toxic it's a peruvian finger trap you're yeah. kind of the ego thrives on this a little bit you know and it's like you're not accepting and all that we we know this stuff but i have i have a question mm-hmm. for both of you i just it just popped up in my head just now like do you do you feel that the the medicines or the breath work like the, do the practices bring on a disillusion of ego or is is it always you in that experience that ends up having to kind of decide to disconnect from it? Because I feel like we we call it the washing machine a lot, especially if you're taking like a plant medicine yeah. or something, and you just go you go for a ride, and you feel like you're strapped to like a bull, and you have to surrender. Mm-hmm. That surrender I feel is always still a choice, and I feel like mm-hmm. that's the moment you kind of start flexing your acceptance muscle. I don't want to give you the answer here. I I just feel like that's that's just like a realization <laughs> that I had, and I would love you guys to to maybe it's an insight it's like oh yeah like it doesn't do it for you it just kind of mm-hmm. forces you to to make a choice and then hopefully you let go and have some fun with that it it depends on the medicine it depends on the breath work um it depends on your practice right um and the dosage the, and the dosage <laughs> exactly uh, and how long you hold your breath yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah it just depends i i you know, when it comes to ego disillusion, um, ultimately we do have the choice um, in any situation to release our ego, uh, release our ego, relinquish it, and experience the true self. And even if we do that for this much time, just a fraction of a second, it can elevate your level of consciousness, uh, consciousness um, dramatically. I associate the ego with the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is what's making all these decisions. It's what's solving problems. It's what's uh, using logic to uh, you know, speak. We're using our prefrontal cortex right now to decipher information that we're receiving from one another. Uh, but also the ego, I find, that kind of lives in the prefrontal cortex. So if we can shut down the prefrontal cortex, have that default, default mode network uh, you know, shut down and release, 
then we can begin to experience the true self. And whenever we do sonic neural breath work, this happens all the time. People, the prefrontal cortex shuts down. Then they start to cathart. They start to have, uh, you know, the vocal release, uh, shaking the body, their hands, the chakras in their hands become activated. They become their own healer. They start moving energy, never done it before, have no idea what they're doing, but it just picks up and the body has an intuitive mind. The body automatically knows what it needs to heal. Right. And that's why whenever we go to sleep, we're not having to think, okay, now, uh, let me just focus on resting. Hmm. You know, you don't do that. You just shut down, boom, you go to sleep. The body regenerates, rests, replenishes, and detoxes, and you wake up. Uh, it's very similar. You could do this in a conscious way uh, where you're awake with breath work, uh, and it's really beautiful because then you get to have this beautiful mystical experience, right, which is the breath. Um, but with something like 5-MeO-DMT, and that's, you know, that's why uh, we appreciate this medicine so much and because of, of its efficiency and its reliability hmm. and instantly creating an ego disillusion, the participant, uh, the ego goes, just is instantaneously dissolved, no matter if they want it to be or not. Um, it's kind of the choice that's made beforehand and their intention that creates their experience. Um, and then when they come back, oh my gosh, you know, I'm alive. Wow. This is, I'm mm -hmm. on earth. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. I just, you know, smoked five meo DMT. Um, you know, that, is a very powerful experience and one that can really be utilized in a way like, oh my gosh, like I'm not my ego. I just experienced the oneness with all infinity and divinity. Uh, my ego was not there during that experience. And there, right then and there, you can identify, oh, this ego is not me. Hmm. It's just a part of my human experience. And so it just depends on the practice. And that one's like, a, it's almost like reverse engineering. You're like you're going to the source and then returning back and then discovering how your ego is not part of it. Where like a breathwork ceremony, it's a little bit more gradual where you, you kind of feel mm -hmm. your ego getting released and then you work towards source. You know? it's, it's like yeah. a soft massage versus <laughs> yeah, rolfing. Like a, yeah, like a deep <laughs> like tissue. Like never the yeah. same shape after, you know, yeah. like it's stretch, like your ego goes and then it comes back and it's like, it's not the same shape anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a little more loose. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but also word? the ego can be a lot more, uh, you know, when the ego comes back from an experience of disillusion, then it can be, you know, really it could double down. It's, it's claws. Yeah, yeah. It could double down. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's... And you see this with Osho, Bikram, uh, Bhajan. You see this with all the yogis and the spiritual teachers and our uh, history. And that's why everybody loves Ram Dass so much because he's the only yogi that wasn't molesting women during yeah. their practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> shout out um, to Ram Dass. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Ram around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, that's that's the beautiful proof that the ego is not something you can push away and and you're it's like mm -hmm. a ceo and like it's like you're you're this beautiful company and if the ceo starts thinking i do everything here and then you're going to you're not going to treat the body and the the different bodies the different aspects of yourself with the respect mm -hmm. that they deserve and the maintenance and all these things start falling away and then you just you're just you know the you think you're captaining the whole deal instead of going mm -hmm. with that flow that we talked about earlier and then you're just doomed to fail even though on the outside in some strange ways we have this collective agreement that it might even look like success there's this strange mm -hmm. subtle suffering and then it starts trickling into the things you do mm. and or, or popping out of, of the seams or something it's it's weird man it's kind of insidious and interesting and and i mean i actually wanted to ask you about nlp before because i i know what it is but i don't know how to utilize it for therapy because I've learned a bit about mm -hmm. hypnosis and I feel like that ties into what I'm talking about because you could, you could use the, I, I, I don't know if I should say wrong <clears throat> word, but you can use like want versus choose mm -hmm. like you were saying before and, and it can mm -hmm. change everything. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like these are these little pieces of ice on, on the path that will just make you fall, slip and fall sometimes. And th those are fun learning lessons mm -hmm. as well. I think, you know, they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. just going to help you grow or at least help the next guy dodge the ice, <laughs> you know, but I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I even really have a question in there. I feel like I'm just kind of thinking out loud, but <laughs> I, 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 well, I, yeah, it's, it's important to, uh, you know, not only I'm a musician, so like timbre dynamics, uh, you know, rhythm, everything is, is kind of like instilled into my being, and whenever I'm in a process with an individual, making sure that my semantics and that my timbre and that the words that I'm choosing 
are really in alignment with their experience at that moment and their individual self. It'd be funny um, if you just ducked when you hear the cops. It's super important. Yes, I, I'm not it's like that at all. Important. It's really funny. I just kind of let it fly. And it's like my, <laughs> my monkey brain takes over in my mouth. <laughs> hey, man, whenever I'm not in the middle of a, a super deep experience and process somebody's having, I, 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 I crack jokes, I cuss. I, you know, like there's Beatbox. always a time and a place for, you know, yeah. <laughs> the neurolinguistic programming. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, a big part of awakening to the true self and to the divinity of our, of our existence is having lots of fun and enjoying the Absolutely. shit out of the human experience that we have. It's all there to be enjoyed. And, you know, it's, yeah. I find a lot of people on these spiritual paths, sometimes they, I don't know if it's the ego that takes over, but it becomes like this strict paradigm and box they put themselves in and it's limiting, you know, and it's mm-hmm. also another form of control, control micromanaging, yeah. stress. Yeah. And you're missing out obsession. on that. Mm-hmm. You're missing out on all the beauties of life that are there to be enjoyed as well. You know, not indulged, mm-hmm. but there. I love that you talked about yeah, the prefrontal absolutely. cortex. Like it's, it's, its job is to manage and control many things. So there's the, like the ego, the, the decisions and the manifestations through that are all these kind of actions of control and management. And it's like, it's not a fulfilling life. It's not a, it's not a, uh, enriching experience. Not, not all the time, sometimes, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think that, you know, it seems that I should say whenever we're managing things, um, it just really depends on what you're managing. If you accepted a job because, uh, it pays a lot of money, uh, 90% of the time when people do that, it's, it's because of a fear of scarcity. Um, whether that's from, you know, something that their parents, uh, or their environment instilled within, within them, it could be ancestral, um, you name it. But if, so it's not really the decision that we make, but it's the, the cause of the decision. Like, why are we making the decision? Right. Why are we managing? Um, you know, and then transfer that to a different scenario. Um, you know, somebody's managing their, uh, their band and their, uh, their, their fellow musicians so that they can create the sweetest symphony possible because it's that individual's passion. Well, then that individual is living their purpose because they're living with passion and excitement. Um, and it's not out of scarcity, it's out of excitement. And so, mm. um, you know, I would just focus on the, you know, why, why am I doing what I'm doing? And then, you know, whenever you put will and effort and action and uh, management, you know, comes with all those, mm. then it's going to be a very different frequency um, whenever you express those. So management out of fear, I guess, is what we're really talking about when we're talking about the ego. Mm-hmm. And then bypassing that is bypassing that function of of like scarcity and, and like protection of the individual at all costs and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. That's a, that really makes that really clicks in my head, actually. It's, the, that, it's that love versus yeah, fear that's, dynamic. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's what I got from, I don't know which ayahuasca ceremony, but it was that exact decision that changed everything. It was that your choices are made out of fear or love. And then that's mm-hmm. how it manifests. So if you're taking that job, the yep. paycheck's beautiful, you know, and it's just because of that paycheck, there's a lot of fear behind it. That's going to manifest mm-hmm. in all avenues. But if you're taking it like that guy with the orchestra who's just loving that music and it's out of love, it's going to manifest in that way too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but it all starts from that exactly. fear that's, or love decision. That's the polarity. Exactly. Yes. It's either fear or love. And then there's a lot of uh, information in between those two. Mm. And that's, you know, when people come to a retreat or have an experience with uh, me and my team, it's, it's, you know, identifying that like, oh, I am afraid that I'm not going to have enough money to support my family. Okay, why am I afraid of that? Do I have any real reason to be afraid of that? Have I ever experienced not having enough money to support my family? Well, no, most likely not. Usually the individual is just uh, in, a, in a level of consciousness that's, in, you know, embodied by fear. Borrowing identifying fears. that, you know, is step one and then releasing it is step two. And then, then you can move into, okay, now I'm going to be acting out of love, you know, what serves me. And then if you're acting out of love, uh, you know, the abundance, the prosperity, the, the money, uh, plus all the other forms of abundance are going to begin to manifest because you're in that vibration of love and that's going to reflect in your environment. Mm-hmm.
in some uh, in From some left brain way like i i'm i'm not i've i've dabbled i've had these experiences like uh in in chunks let's say and and my mm-hmm. my struggle to understand it like it, just in a s- kind of like scientific 3d way is that i i i i feel this realization that and and i'd love your opinion on it like uh things are going to go wrong either way but when when you when you're when you make a decision in fear you have to keep protecting that that road and and keep kind of going and making more decisions out of the fear always kind of mm-hmm. going backwards in that sense but mm-hmm. something's going to go wrong if you go through this love path as well but you're just okay with it you're just like mm-hmm. i'm i'm good with myself i'm accepting of reality and and that things don't always go my way or they end and mm-hmm. people are going to obviously be so much more helpful and and attracted because you're just in this mm-hmm. space of of giving instead of getting and i just I, like i'm this is my logical struggle you know like maybe i'm wrong maybe there's like a deeper magic and for lack of a better term like the universe just starts giving you what you need because you're just really in like that bigger surrender well yes and okay so whenever we're in the vibration of fear every you know everything is vibration everything is frequency every and you can quantifiably understand levels of consciousness, right? Um, and then we understand that um, as within, so without. So we understand that our inner reality, our inner state is going to reflect and manifest our outer reality, our outer environment. So whenever we're in fear and we're in the vibration of fear, we're going to feel like the world is against us. We're going to feel like when problems happen, Oh God, you know, another problem, another situation that I have to overcome, that I have to just pound my head into this brick wall until it finally goes through and I can finally proceed. Your belief system in that state of uh, fear and the vibration of fear is going to be the opposite of conducive to your well-being, right? If we're now transfer, uh, transmuting into love, we're, we're transitioning into a state of love, a vibration of love. Um, which can take one moment. One moment can bring an individual from a state of fear into a state of love. One very, just a millisecond of experiencing divine love. When we're in that space of love, instead of the world being against us, now the world and the universe and God, divinity is teaching us. So what this experience of hardship that I'm having in this moment, as I'm in this vibration of love, it's still hard. It's not ever going to be you know, easy, but what makes it easier is your understanding that everything that happens to me happens for a purpose for my greater good. Mm -hmm. And that this challenge is creating an opportunity for me to learn and to grow and to expand in love. And so the entire, based on your vibration and your level of consciousness, your entire belief system changes and your entire paradigm it, it completely alters and your physiology, your biology, everything alters with it. And so that's from what I understand, that's the, the difference between those two. That's awesome. It's really about changing your approach. And like this yeah. what these kind of medicines do is just they bring you back to your initial approach to how you handle anything that comes your way. And it just switches mm-hmm. it to well, you you switch it in the end and it becomes that choice of how you want to lead your life. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't want to be exactly. too like and, uh, it's oh, it's please. it's tough because like when we're in these spaces and we're in this level of consciousness, this, this vibrational state, we can tell ourselves like, oh, it's happened to me for a reason. It's happened to me for a reason. It's happened to me for a reason. It happened to me for a reason. I got you know, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And oftentimes, until you have an experiential shift, you're gonna have to just keep telling yourself that as a space holder until that experiential shift happens to where you can then embody that vibration. Mm-hmm. That frequency is now anchored into your entire being energetically and physically. And so it can be really challenging at first and it can really bring people into a space to where they say, you know, God, I've been telling myself that it all happens for a reason for fucking years and and I still don't feel it. And so that's where the medicine, the breath work, the retreats, everything comes in so that experiential shift can happen. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who's had these hard times and they've come out of it, all of that stuff snaps into place. Like, I, mm-hmm. I hope anyone who's listening and, and has those doubts, and I'm sure I'm going to have them again in my life later. I, I, I don't, I, I'm maybe, I hope, 
I hope so. I hope not. I'm not sure. I'm accepting it. That's my trick these days. But <laughs> it's like, it's like a dream, you know. It's like it, it all gets consolidated, and then suddenly, because your perspective shifts, all of that was what needed to happen. All of that is is just full of lessons and full of like, um, like tools and ammo and like the the gratitude is fueled by the the moments you really were in scarcity you know and the mm. the love is fueled by the repercussions you felt from all these fear based mm. decisions like it's really experience and i mean talk about abundance if you really accept the fact like you were saying like I, you kind of gave me an epiphany like you are always able to learn it's not about getting mm -hmm. money or getting friendship or getting like a house like every moment is full of information and you can learn mm -hmm. And so you really are always getting something from the universe, mm -hmm. if not a bunch Absolutely. of stuff. So that I just love, and it's not a spin. I'm not like making it sound positive. That's just true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's fucking dope. <laughs> I want to connect with your your analogy of of uh, the river, which is really funny that you used that earlier. It's a good one. Um, let's see if I can kind of tie this all together. Concept of surrender surrendering to a greater power intentionally giving our our force away to divinity channeling through our vessels to create the most abundance the most value the most transformation in a positive way that it possibly can with this surrender comes these challenges because spirit will constantly kind of test you and see where you're at and say do you really trust me do you really trust me? And what we're trusting is 13.4 13 billion years of evolution that's taking place on its own without our help, <laughs> right? We've been around for a couple hundred thousand years. For us to think that, you know, we are the, 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 the end-all, be-all of uh, progress and creation uh, is hilarious. And so when we surrender to this higher power, what we're doing is we're agreeing, we're kind of coming into this agreement, spirit, I'll follow the path that you that you show me. You light the path, I will follow it. And then in return, what uh, virtually happens through pattern recognition experience, myself and others, is that you will get these challenges to surrender more deeply. And if you do not surrender more deeply, then you will experience more hardship. But the moment that you surrender more deeply with reverence and appreciation and gratitude and really stimulating that in your heart through practice, the moment that you do that is the moment, uh, either in that moment or a moment shortly after, that you see it all come together in the most positive, beneficial, incredible way possible. Because spirit, the universe, the cosmos, not a Brahma, is the scriptwriter, is the director, the producer, it's the stage, it's the act, it's the whole story. And we're just these little actors on this stage, you know? And tying that in with uh, the river, what I use, the analogy that I like to use is the river of purpose. And so whenever we're talking about surrender, we're talking about surrendering to this river of purpose because 95% of us are swimming against this fucking river, trying to achieve our earthly goals, trying to make more money, trying to have more sex, trying to become more prominent, trying to become uh, uh, more recognized and more famous, et cetera. We're swimming against this river. Um, and then if we're not swimming against the river, we're holding on to a rock or a tree limb trying to hold on to a moment in the river. And this river is our purpose. This river is life. And so when we surrender, I like to use this analogy because imagine yourself floating down a river. You're on a kayak. And instead of swimming up the river, exhausting yourself all the time, you're in this kayak now. And you're just observing and appreciating and accepting the river exactly as it is, all the beautiful bends and turns, all the different scenery and experiences. And there's going to come times where there's rapids in that river. This is just a natural occurrence of life. But what we can do then with our will and our effort and our action is then steer our kayak left to right, you know, uh, guiding ourselves to gentle waters, guiding ourselves to the shore to where we can Ah, then take a break and step away, get on the shore, take a breath and hop back on the river, you know, instead of swimming against it. And uh, this analogy I really love to use because it's so applicable and it's so easy because people think that they're just surrendering. They're like, oh, I'm floating down the river and there's nothing I can do. If I hit the rock, I hit the rock, you know. Uh, but in reality, with your will and your intention, you can navigate this 
this beautiful river of purpose uh, pretty effortlessly the more that you practice. But yeah. Beautifully put. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Like, I feel like uh, there's a quality or like a kind of bliss that people chase a little bit. Even if you are aware of it, you kind of get caught in that. And then you just want to let go, like you said, and you want to like meditate and have these practices and eat right. And there's this feeling but you're not accepting mm-hmm. that things like the rapids always come, you know, and you cannot, mm-hmm. I can't anyway yet maintain that feeling during the rapids, you know, like you're mm-hmm. in a different state. You're, you're, you're just in a different state. There's no other way to put it. And yeah, I mean, it's just a waste of energy to be, to be like beating yourself up to think you failed because you weren't like Zen during the rapids or something. Yeah. And, and it's exactly. just, it's a weird, uh, like it's a weird reaction to that. I don't, I don't, uh-huh. I don't, I don't see that anymore. I see that like I, there is a human experience. There's an enjoyment to that. Like Eckhart Tolle says, like you, you accept whatever's happening. You know, you may as well because it's happening. There's a logic to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not accepting it's kind of crazy, right? And but like in a, in a macro sense, like we're human. We're having this experience. We can be startled. We can be angered. We can be put into fear. We can walk out of it. We could step out of it too. That's all the thing to accept. Once you accept, you may as well enjoy. Maybe you got to enjoy the rapids in retrospect. Maybe in the moment you're freaking out and you're you're learning how to navigate and you want to, like you said, like just make it out alive and find some calmer water. But I don't know. Like, do you do you ever Absolutely. come up against that? Like in your own practice and with your, I don't know what to call them, clients, patients, participants, <laughs> participants, um, clients. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, and it's like with every retreat, I experience these rapids, right? Like I'm constantly, and I think this is, this is the answer to your question is whenever you encounter those rapids, surrender more deeply, hmm. surrender more deeply. And the moment that you say, all right, bro, all right, mother, it's up to you now, all hands off. I am simply your vessel. I surrender. The moment you do that is like whenever you quit that shitty job. <laughs> you just feel this weight lifted off your shoulders. You feel, ah, you I can breathe, breathe because yeah. you know that there mm-hmm. is a higher power in order. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's comes with practice. The more that you give gratitude, you know, okay, cool. Here's a challenge. Oh, this sucks. All right. How can I love this? How can I love and appreciate this moment? Mm-hmm. And how can I surrender more deeply? Mm-hmm. Because whenever we think that our prefrontal cortex is going to be able to think of the right way to navigate a super complex uh, situation where, uh, you know, there's tons of different situations that we can put into this category, but uh, say you have multiple processes going on, people experiencing all kinds of different uh, reactions. Did you guys lose me for a sec? Yeah, we got you back. (laughs) Cool. Sorry about that. Um, you know, people are having these powerful processes and you're not sure how, know how to na- know how to navigate it. That You have a powerful process yourself. Um, whatever the situation might be, how can I surrender more deeply and how can I love this moment right now? And how can I appreciate the fact that I know 100% that I'm going to learn a shitload from this moment? Mm-hmm. And, you know, even something as simple physiologically as a smile automatically releases oxytocin, automatically starts to shift your physiology. And so I think it's just about practice. Mm. repetition, you know, even putting yourselves in difficult situations. And I think that's, you know, this whole Wim Hof uh, movement, this whole cold exposure movement, this whole kind of like masochism for a healthier, uh, healthier way of life movement is all about that. How do I, how can I love this ice cold water right now? (laughs) And uh, through that practice, then you begin to, you begin to, uh, you know, start to not only appreciate the rapids more, but as this, you know, say you're a seasoned kayaker in this uh, regard, and then you get to enjoy the rapids. You're like, oh, shit, yeah, how, you know, now I know how to surrender more deeply, give it gratitude, appreciate the moment for what it is. Now I can, like, you know, I intentionally go and enjoy these. Uh... Guys, I'm really sorry. I have my phone on Do Not Disturb, and oh, somehow good. people are still calling me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but, yeah, it's all about repetition and practice. That's it. I think. I look at the surrender as a muscle, like the surrender muscle, I usually call it. And it's just like it's the more reps, it, the more it grows. And then the less you use it, it obviously is going to start to atrophy. But it's a muscle mm. and it gets stronger and stronger the more you challenge yourself and find those moments of surrender in those crazy experiences, in those rapids, you know, because we're facing with, we're faced with rapids everywhere. It's just 
there's small mm-hmm. ones daily and then there's bigger ones and then there's global ones like we're all facing now and yep how do we get back to inner peace how do we find ourselves again in these chaotic moments that's the muscle that you can work and it's why i love plant medicine ceremonies and breathwork ceremonies and all these fasting things and cold even the cold therapy all that kind of stuff is it tests you in more of a controlled setting that you're actually it's like you're doing training for for training and then going into war like you you're trained seasoned and then war seems a lot easier you know it doesn't have to go yes. as drastic as war but <laughs> in a sense it's it's the same principles you know so it's exactly that's why I love when I go to an ayahuasca ceremony. It is a controlled setting in, in, in a sense because I, I know reality is still six hours of experience. I'll be back on earth, back in my body. So <laughs> having that controlled setting will allow you to really work on your surrender. You know, mm-hmm. I always say it, it's, in, it's always in prep for the real surrender, which is death, which is the final yeah. surrender, you know? <laughs> Maybe I'm being Which is dramatic, like slipping but... off a tight shoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's a Ramdas quote, actually. Oh, is it? I think so. I don't. I'm not sure, but I, I was gonna say like, nice. I, I, do you guys think I'm being dramatic here, or or does it resonate with you? Like, if you surrender deeper and deeper, you start you start getting this low rumbling awareness that death is coming, death is inevitable. Like for for someone like me, I think mo- a lot of people in our society, but for me, I ignore that fact very often, and it allows me to take a lot of flippant decisions in fear. And, and it's very hard to not do that. And like, as you flex that muscle more and more, you start having this endless source of surrender, uh, like that opportunity, like this endless, like this, this, this like choice to be in the rapids almost all the time. Or, I mean, it's not a, it's, it's Mm -hmm. really just what's happening. Maybe you could call it the river itself. It's going to hit the ocean Mm -hmm. eventually. And then God knows Mm -hmm. what, you know, literally. So I just, I just feel like, there's always that and it's like maybe mm. i'm just a little overwhelmed by it lately and it's like you know mm. a little fun learning experience but yes maybe i'm describing so, enlightenment i don't know <laughs> like I shouldn't. so the thing with and you're talking about specifically the fear of death itself you can call yeah just a resistance of it like ignoring it not accepting it sure. fear is this yeah sure it's a fear for sure so i have a i have a um there's, there's this amazing book called the Dead Saints Chronicles, and uh, it's this uh, old – I think he was like a Baptist uh, preacher, and he was um, – uh, he found himself uh, diving into all these near-death experiences um, of other people, like thousands of them, and then he had a near-death experience himself, mm-hmm. and so he wrote this big-ass book on all these near-death experiences and the one that he had himself, and so if anyone has uh, – any hesitations with death or dying in this third dimension, um, I highly suggest reading that book because, like I said, death is like slipping off a tight shoe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's like, well, what happens when we die? Nobody knows. Actually, a lot of people have died and come back to life, and it's very well documented. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems to be the most pleasurable and, and unbelievably uh, ecstatic and orgasmic experience that a human being could possibly have. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, never, <laughs> I've never heard it described as orgasm. That's awesome. I, I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of resisting that though. I feel like there's all this uh, uh, I don't know, like there's all this humility and like sanctity and just like accepting that I don't know and I have to kind of bite down and just be okay with the, you know, like the, there's something behind the curtain that I just don't get to see until I croak. You know, like I I almost don't want to give into that. Like even if I do, even if it kind of just gives me some kind of comfort. Maybe it's not a fear. Maybe I don't know what it is. I, I, it's just like an ignorance, mm. you know. Like it's it's something that should it's be probably because you have a purpose here, hmm? you know, and you have there's a mission for you to accomplish, and there's a there's a there's a destiny for you to for you to 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 go through that process of your destiny, go through that process of your purpose, and then as you you journey along your purpose, you know, uh, more and more and more and more, you'll you'll start to feel this essence of completion. This essence of uh, okay, I'm I'm done here in this earth walk. Now I'm ready for the the tight shoe to be slipped off. That's <laughs> you know? So logical. And it's all about our intention when we're dying as well. I think you know if we're, you know, all these yogis they gather all their disciples around and say it is now my time to die, house house, and then they die. You mm-hmm. know, and you bet that dude is floating up to heaven in full lotus, hanging mm-hmm. out with Jesus, Krishna, and Buddha, and they're all kicking it. And, <laughs> 
they're, you know, going over their experiences and et cetera. You know, there's that way to die. And then there's the way to die in a car accident or something that's a little more, a little more, uh, you know, traumatic. And, and so I think that really accepting death and accepting um, that, you know, this is just an earth walk and death is simply a transition. And we've been here, we've done this many a times before. How can I collect enough virtue and good car- virtue is good karma? How can I collect enough virtue, good karma, uh, the currency of the gods, so that whenever I do transition, I've got this huge bank of just of, of, of conscious dollar bills almost to, uh, to cash in on and say, you know, this is what I would like for my next experience. And, and I think we have a lot more autonomy than we uh, are led to believe. And people that have not dissolved their ego and, and relinquished their, uh, their conditioning and their, their uh, belief systems that don't serve them and that, that limit them, um, it, it's going to be much more difficult and they're passing to be able to, you know, be an autonomous spirit because in their earth walk, they were not autonomous in their experience. And this is all, you know, escaping samsara, right? Samsara is this cyclical reincarnating every single time you die because you simply don't make it to that space to where you were born again. And, you know, you know, I feel like a, a hellfire and brimstone Baptist preacher saying born again, but there really is a, a very tangible, practical, experiential way to be born again. And that's the pro- part of the process. But I believe that we have a lot more autonomy and a lot more sovereignty whenever we transition to the space, the ocean, right? Now we're not just a, a, a minnow thrown into the oceans floating around. Now we're, now we're a fish that knows how to navigate this ocean, that has this autonomy, that has this ability to, to consciously navigate the afterlife. Um, and that's my belief system based on, you know, reading about these in near death experiences and having a lot of full blown, uh, death experiences myself, not, not actually dying through traumatic experience, but through a lot of medicine and, uh, divine experiences. Yeah. It's definitely going to do it. Mother ayahuasca has, (laughs) hasn't been too kind to me at times, but in retrospect, very kind, Yeah, but you know, (laughs) it's a, it's a great perspective to, to gain. You know, especially to navigate through that ocean like you're talking about. Like a mama bird kicking you out of the nest. Like yeah. You're, you're and like, just not coming fuck, back mom? for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, figure it you're out. You're ready. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Maybe coming back to you in the in the next time you go back to ceremony. You know, that's happened, too. And yeah, that's, yeah. you know, but these kind of experiences will prepare you and will give you those. Pr- yes. It's all about perspectives. And once you have these different vantage points to look back at your life and observe, there's so much knowledge just from having a different point of view. You know, and I find plant medicines and stuff give you that outsider point of view, that third person looking in. There's so much intelligence in them. We've talked about it so much. It's like a a guide in a lot of ways, not just blasting you out of your body or something. I I, yeah, I just realized uh, like we're we're almost up on our hour. Like you know, ironically talking about ego the whole time. Like we didn't really get into you and your backstory. Like we we said we would. I don't know if you want to take the time. <laughs> like I, I'd love to talk more um, about some concrete things. You know, like some three D things. <laughs> yeah, some three D things, of course. Um, <laughs> maybe we should save it for another episode. Let's do it. I would love to honestly, yeah. dude. Yeah, like I feel like we could talk forever. And uh, yeah. like I, <laughs> I say this with no sarcasm or joking at all. Yeah. I hope I become something like you. I love hypnosis oh. and yoga, and I just I see so much benefit in the things that you're doing. And like you're literally putting your your life, like your money where your mouth is, as they say. Like you're you're putting your life mm-hmm. on the line and and l- consciously helping other people become conscious. And that's just for lack of a better word, that's dope. <laughs> that's just dope, man. That's I, like, I like that. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> Consciousness is dope. That's, dope. that's a new testimonial. Sammy says yeah. it's dope. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that sound clip. Yeah. <laughs> I was joking with a friend the other day. Does that come from dopamine? Like, that's dope? Like maybe yeah, it's kind of cool. No, I, I have no idea. I hope it does. That uh, is that. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it's, it's it's it'd be a cool derivative. So I mean yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up. Anything uh, anything you'd like to close with, or if you want to tell people where to reach you, or like anything at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Connectandevolve.com. Just one word. Connectandevolve.com uh, is my website. We have a ton of resources on there. A lot of guided meditations, retreat, workshop, event, uh, information, 
have some different breathwork techniques there, breathwork integration documents, psychedelic integration documents. Um, a lot of resource, I have my films on there, some music. Um, and yeah, we have a, an amazing retreat uh, coming up April 21st through the 25th. It's going to be a really beautiful deep dive in the springtime nature of Sedona right there on the creek. So it's going to be just immaculate, um, super high vibrational people, super high vibrational food. Uh, and it, it's, it's, we're now reliably creating these transforma transformational experiences. So the people that hear this and resonate with that uh, will feel called to reach out. And so you can reach out to me via the website. Um, you know, the people that uh, it's very organic. We, we allow for people to really come into the retreat settings very organically. I don't market. I don't run ads. Don't do anything like that. I leave it up to uh, the grandma or the grandfather upstairs um, to, to bring those people in. So if this resonates, reach out to me. Um, we have a bunch of really cool stuff coming up. If you're in Sedona area and you want to work one-on-one -on -one and, and have the Sedona experience, a 20-foot cold plunge, some breath work, some hape, some medicine, um, just the, the full ringer, uh, then I'm always available for that and love taking people in and, and uh, just, yeah, guiding them through a beautiful experience. Nice. Um, and other than that, if anybody needs anything from me or has any questions or concerns or inquiries, I'm super happy to connect. Uh, again, my website's the best way to connect with me. And other than that, hold the frequency. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you, brother. That was awesome. Thank How you, guys. Going, bro? Yeah. It's a pleasure meeting you, man. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. Pleasure. All right. House, house. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> Take care, man. Peace. Yeah.